Hi, welcome to this episode of People with Purpose. I'm Steve Amston, and I oversee Orion Talent's diversity initiatives and military outreach through Higher Purpose. Through Higher Purpose, Orion helps diverse talent find companies with great cultures, and I'm really proud to say that Tenneco is one of our employer partners. Tenneco is one of the world's leading designers, manufacturers, and marketers of automated products for original equipment and aftermarket customers. With a full year of 2021 revenues of 18 billion and approximately 71,000 team members, an incredible employer. Today, I have two great guests, Deb Sinta, Talent, Inclusion, and Culture, and Kim Yapchai, who's the Chief ESG Officer at Tenneco. We'll be discussing how ESG, or environmental, social, and governments, can help attract and retain diverse talent. So really excited to have you both here today. First, um, why don't we just get to know each other? Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about both of your careers and how you feel the important work you're doing today, you know, impacts um, our community and diverse talent. So Deb, you wanna go first? Sure, yeah, thanks for having us, Steve. It's great to be here. Um, so I lead talent inclusion and culture for Tenneco um, and have been in this role for uh, almost two years now. Um, my responsibility is really the end-to-end -end team member experience. So everything from, uh, you know, how we uh, train and develop to performance management, talent management, uh, inclusion, diversity, and equity is a big piece of, of what I do. Uh, team member engagement, um, really the overall team member experience. So this is a, a passion of mine. I've been in this space for most of my career, actually, I've spent about 12 years in different um, large uh, Fortune 500 companies leading talent uh, centers of expertise. So um, so I've got a lot of passion for the people side of things. I think it's the best job in the world. And uh, it really, really, you know, helps me jump out of bed every morning. Um, uh, and uh, I think the idea of purpose and diversity is is clearly something important to me but important to us and there's a reason that uh culture is part of my job title uh it's i think this is really bigger than people individually it's really about the culture that we create uh, you know collectively so um so really excited to have the the conversation well thanks deb and kim yeah thanks for having us here today steve I am Chief ESG Officer. It's probably a title that many people are not familiar with. It, it's very cutting edge. Uh, frankly, the first time my kids have ever thought that I was cool you know, <laughs> in, in my career. I, I was, I'm a part of the executive leadership team, and my responsibility is really to design the strategy for the company to deal with all of these changing regulations and customer requirements and stakeholder expectations. So it's an exciting time to be in part of this uh, topic and one where you really feel like you can drive change and make a big difference in the world. So that's the part that's exciting for me. I am by background, I'm a lawyer by training and have been in publicly held companies, Fortune 200 companies for 30 years. And with companies where this sort of culture was really important to them before the letters ESG even existed. So companies like Ford and Whirlpool and, and now Tenneco, it's it's really a similar path and, and a new name for things that companies have done in the past. Wonderful. 
Yeah, so so to kind of frame this, one one thing um, I'm excited about this call is, especially with the early talent, we're seeing that um, talent, diverse talent cares about purpose. So um, are these companies making a difference, right? And as Deb said, culture. And then I think purpose and culture is kind of up here and then inclusion is weaved in, right? So it's not that um, it's not that they're all separate and it's it's very rare <clears throat> to have a company that that's thinking ESG with the diversity strategy. And I, I really believe that after we get out of this wacky economy thing that, you know, people will really pick culture and purpose as uh, as one of their top things. I think as we think through these things, it's it's about educating our audience about how you how you're leading with that as kind of a employer initiative employer brand and and leveraging that opportunity so um great and then kim do you mind just um sharing about Tenico and maybe the elevator pitch to um talent out there on, on why you're a great employer and, and company so people may not realize but Tenico is over 100 years old um, we have been in everything from oil and gas to packaging. Our current for focus is automotive. And so we make different parts of the car, everything ranging from pistons and rings to exhaust to uh, brake pads to wiring. So all, all sorts of things that you need to, to make a car, whether it's an internal combustion engine or it's an electric vehicle. So the, via, the whole automotive industry is in transformation right now. So again, it's an exciting time to be a part of it and to really design what the industry is going to look like going forward. So lots of growth opportunities, um, you know, a, a lot of certainly historical things that have happened in the automotive, but it's it's in such a state of change right now. It's exciting for me to be a part of it. Yeah, it's definitely um a trans transformative time, right? Um, <clears throat> where between technology and infrastructure and regulations are all kind of coming together to to shape that. And then Deb, obviously diversity is is important within this piece. So it's it's exciting to the work you're doing to kind of shape what inclusion and diversity could be within the automotive industry. If if that makes sense, if you have any any thoughts there, it's yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think diversity uh, is probably when you think about automotive in general, maybe diversity isn't the first thing that comes to mind, or maybe it's not uh, maybe the first thing we're known for in our industry. Um, you know, however, manufacturing, I think, is a notoriously diverse, um, you know, group. But I, I like what you said earlier about inclusion being part of the key here. You know, I like to say that Diversity is just uh, just fa a fact, right? Diversity is just the differences that we we each bring, and we all have many of them. And and most of us don't fit into any one category. What I like to tell our leaders at Tenneco, though, is inclusion is cognitive. Inclusion is a choice we make every day when we come to work, and when we engage with our team members, and as we're running meetings and uh, and uh, doing things day to day we're making conscious decisions to be inclusive. Yep. And I think that's what's unique about Tenneco is we've consciously, you know, made the decision to do this work. Um, I, the, the, the role I came into actually was a, a newly created role because 
we were at that point of really realizing that this was something that was not only important to our team and our leadership, but it was really a differentiator for us. And to be employer of choice, I think you have to have the diversity, but you have to have that culture that is that inclusive, engaging, high-performing culture. And uh, I think that's what differentiates us from other employers out there. And then your comment about purpose, I think is so well said. You know, I think most of us, uh, you know, understand that, you know, the paycheck only goes so far, right? There's something about being part of something bigger than yourself and understanding how what you do day to day contributes to that. Um, and that's really, really powerful. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I think getting to work with Kim and her team, I really see that kind of true collaboration, um, you know, between what, what she's doing in the ESG space, what we're doing in the HR space, and uh, it, it's very much a seamless kind of uh, way of working. Yeah. And really, Deb, the, I should have mentioned before, the, the designation we received from Ethisphere this year, which is world's most ethical company designation. Now, we're not the top one, but one of many companies who receive this. It's really recognition that we're setting the right culture. We're showing the leadership and the reputation. We have the right ethics, you know, profile and, you know, that we're, we're differentiated, frankly, from the rest, because not all companies do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the other thing that, that we'll get into in the next question is, once again, early, early town post-college, which is, you know, the kind of the new, the next, you know, talent generation is, um, these kids identify up to 70 different ways, right? So uh, no longer are people one to two things. Um, so it's it's that notion of um, just being included and understood um, versus an unconscious bias that people are one to two things. And it's it's very interesting as people come to our site that that's what they're looking for. And that's what we, we want employers that that understand that complexity of intersectionality of diversity. And I think it's going to get even more of that versus uh, people don't want to be labeled as one thing anymore. So I love to make this a little bit personal because what we do is personal. We're 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 trying to change people's lives. We're trying to inform. We're trying to you know help the next generation be better. So why don't you guys both tell me kind of why diversity matters to you? A, a little bit of a personal connection, if if appropriate. Deb, you want to go first? Sure. Yeah, sure. You know, I think why it matters to me or maybe where it started for me was I had the opportunity in my early in my career to work for a couple of different really incredible female leaders. Um, one, actually, who I um, really had observed and studied uh, in my sort of, you know, I don't know, teenage years maybe, um, uh, as an entrepreneur in the retail space, who uh, ironically I ended up coming and working for. Um, and, um, and that experience was really powerful to be working early in my career with, with a woman who not only was you know, running it and operating a, a successful business, but she, it was a business she had built herself 
uh, products that she had developed herself and um, and you know ultimately this this retail empire that was that was growing um, and uh, and then similarly when I transitioned a little bit later in my career into the consumer product goods space I also came to a, a company that was led by a female CEO it was a fortune uh, 100 uh, CPG company and again a, an incredibly inspiring strong female uh, leader and in both of those cases I had the opportunity to really understand uh, not just what good leadership looks like but how you overcome the obstacles that come along with being in some ways an underrepresented group and I, I say that from the standpoint of uh, at that point in time in corporate America women were not uh, you know, equally represented, uh, and you could argue that that is still the case today. Uh, but um, but seeing that, um, you know, seeing people kind of handle that adversity and be successful, um, I think was was extremely powerful to me. And then the third anecdote that sort of comes to mind as I think about importance of diversity again a little bit later in my career, I started seeing the uh, creativity and innovation that came out of having diverse teams yep. and um, the the added value you get when you've got more than one or two people thinking about something um, and the exponential value that comes with having people from different backgrounds, different skill sets, different um, experiences, different educations, different cultures. Uh, and all of that um, and how some of the most progressive, innovative and creative teams and companies have that have that diversity and they've learned to uh, really actually look for and foster that um, in in kind of leading uh, from an innovation standpoint. So it's, um, you know, I think that that's really that's really powerful. I think, you know, I can remember a time when diversity was a a box you kind of had to check or leaders sometimes thought they had to check and it was a uh, we better not you know we better not get this wrong but it wasn't about this is a an absolute differentiator or game changer for us and and that's really you know changed over time but um but that's really kind of how uh this resonated for me and i think it just continues to resonate as my as my career you know has continued yeah and before I jump to Kim, I always think about like, as I go back in my career, when I had 10 different people with 10 different opinions, none of us had anything like, right? But they were all smart and driven and and full of ideas and we had nothing in common, but we all had just huge respect for us. And that's like, to me, diversity is like diversity of thoughts and ideas. And if you have 10 different ideas, maybe three are good. So anyways, it's it's good perspective of kind of of what drives business. And Kim, how about you? Yeah, so I 100% agree that I think a diverse team is a stronger one and, and frankly delivers better results. Because when you have a diverse team, you are less likely to be subject to blind spots, right? Whether they're conscious or unconscious bias or whatever it might be. Um, on a personal level though, I, this may seem altruistic, I wanna make the world a better place. Right. I 
you know, being in manufacturing for 30 years and being, you know, identifying as a woman and as Asian American, there were a lot of times that I didn't see anybody like me in the room. And at times there were difficulties in my career and I didn't learn until probably 15 years into it about unconscious bias and that there are studies, you know, that showed Asian American students who reached out to professors were less likely to get a response than a Caucasian student. I was like, that's not fair. No wonder, you know, (laughs) and all of a sudden things clicked and I understood why, you know, things happened or were influenced in my life that I was puzzled and confused about, you know, as I was living it. Um, it, And I, I, I guess I believe in the goodness of people. I don't think someone wakes up and says, I'm going to be as biased and mean today as I can. Right. I think we're all a byproduct of the environment we were raised in the shows that you watch and you have all those influences and most people want to be better. They yeah. they don't want to have a biased filter. They want to look at things objectively and they want to, you know, fulfill their potential and treat people fair, fairly. So, you know, I really do hope that, you know, in some way, shape, everything that Deb and I do has a ripple effect and goes not just within the company, but out into the community and the families of our team members. I agree. In one small story, like one of my, I remember one of my prior companies when I joined, they had such an inclusive culture. It was, it just like smacked me in the face because when I joined and I met people as I met them, they'd ask me, they wouldn't ask me, are you married? They'd say, do you have a partner? And I had not experienced that in a company up until that point. And I was just, this is wonderful, right? No, I agree. To know that we're we're bettering a generation or or creating creating good feels good. <laughs> awesome. Um, and then maybe uh, on your side, um, Kim, to start, like, do you want to tell me about some of the? This is probably not an easy question because you're doing tons of things, but. Uh, tell me about some of the, the the work you're doing on the ESG side and, you know, try to frame it of if you if you can ways that you think talent would be interested in, if that makes sense, that correlation. Yeah, well, I had a, a, an experience with a it actually is a diversity legal intern that we had a couple summers ago when George Flo- George Floyd murder and everything happened. And he said, oh, you know, companies are just making statements and commitments and it's nothing's really going to change. It's not really going to matter. And I just looked at him. I said, well, it is for Tenneco because I'm going to measure it and I'm going to report on it. If there's no progress, we're going to talk about it. Right. So, you know, that that's just a simple way that that I'm trying to make sure the company is living up to the statements that it makes, right? And we can't go from zero to 60 overnight. It's a journey. But every year, you know, our hope is to get better and better at it. One of the more recent things we did sort of uh, on a more specific level is we adopted a volunteering policy, right? And that you may say, oh, what, what, you know, does that really matter? Who cares? What's the big deal? Well, 
it's like an employee benefit that employees know that they get 16 hours of of paid time off a year to go and volunteer together as a team because we're we're doing it to sort of promote our our values of make tomorrow better and one team integrity always and will to win right so we structured it around that but that's another way again that I that I work really hard to make sure that the company is walking the talk not just talking the talk yeah yeah how about you Dan what do you what do you think you know I think what's unique to us in my opinion is the work that's happening throughout the organization around ESG and I think specifically the S in ESG uh, from my perspective is to a large degree being done out of a passion for the topic. Yep. We have a we have something that we call the idea board, which is a, a group of uh, 10 senior executives within our company who are charged with uh, kind of uh, leading our um, our efforts in terms of inclusion, diversity and equity. And um, those people all have day jobs. Yep. Uh, they do this because they're passionate. Similar with our business resource groups, we've got business resource groups that come together on their own time and really are making things happen, um, and um, and and you know in a really really powerful way. Um, and so I think that the the idea of having people who have that level of passion about this this subject is really really key and. Um, and that's, I, I think, a little bit unique to us. Yep. No, I, I um, <clears throat> as I think through kind of some of these pieces, like, and I always give this advice to, um, you know, your your peers to have authenticity wins, right? It's, and I think Kim, you said this as well, like, about about that that, that person said that like, you know, authenticity and and delivering wins versus, you know, awards are great. You know, but it's like, what are you actually doing and getting people engaged? Uh, we have one more question because I just want to follow the the timeline. Um, so I always ask this as we kind of build our future, a higher purpose and and create, you know, uh, a great destination for um, talent to find incredible cultures like like this. So I'll start with you, Kim. If, if you were to give advice to to a post high school student around finding a career with purpose so they can bring their whole self to work, you know, what what would it be? Yeah. So this is a, a conversation that is a hot topic in our house right now because I have yeah. two kids who are in college at this point in time, and I I know it may sound corny, but follow your passion. The work day is long, no matter what you're doing. But if you can find something where it fuels you more than it depletes you, it's much easier to sustain. And then people usually the next question is like, well, I don't know what my passion is. How do I find it? Right. So here's my easy peasy trick uh, to do that. Get a sheet of paper on the left side, write down five things that when you do them, you're in the zone and time just flies right? You're just grooving. And then on the right side, write down things that you can do and you can do them well, but five minutes seems like an hour. It's like, yeah. you got to psych yourself up to do it. Yeah. You know, like a, and, and so that it can be guideposts to help you to find that. 
right? So on the left is the things that, where you're in your passion zone, right? And you're right, you may be good at it, but not so much. It's going to deplete you much more. Yeah, that's great advice. Wish I had it when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> but it's our gift to 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 teach this younger generation. Um, yeah, so Deb, I'll, I'll ask you the same question, which is, you know, if, if you were to to give advice to to a post high school student or early town around finding a career with purpose and kind of being their whole self, what, what would it be if, if you had to say it? Yeah, so somewhat similar to to what Kim referenced, I really believe you you really should have more good days than bad. And when you get to a point where you think, you know, I'm having more bad days than good. In my book, that's the time to to move on to something else. And I know that's very simple to sort of say it that way. We're not all in a position to to make those choices at every point in our in our lives. But at the points you can make the decisions, thinking about what is truly going to engage you and and be a you know something that you're proud of and something that you do enthusiastically. Um, you know, the, the, I used to get asked a lot, um, uh, about work-life balance, uh, as a working mom. And my answer has always been, and continues to be, there's no such thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I am 100% convinced that I am always in the wrong place. When I'm needed at home, I'm at work. When I'm needed at work, I'm at home. It's, it's always off. But what I can say is that when I am away from my family, I want to be I want to be passionately engaged in what I'm doing. It's really, um, you know, there's there's only so many hours in the day, and uh, and I think that if you can find something that you love, that's that's what you should follow. Um, my my uh, rule of thumb has always been uh, doing stuff that makes a difference to me doing the things that you're good at that make a difference and then doing it with people you like and respect and can learn from those are the those are the two litmus tests and uh if i'm not doing meaningful work or if i find myself surrounded by people i don't enjoy respect learn from then that's again another time to say take stock and kind of move on but while ever i'm doing meaningful work with people i love it's really, uh, it's it, you know, it really feels like I'm in the right place. Um, I, I think it was getting spiritual and old, but I, I think what you said is, is for any time in life, doesn't have to be at work, right? It can be you're in college and maybe it's just not a right fit or you're retiring and it's not. So it's, I like that good days and bad things. So you're, we're all gonna have bad, bad days. We have to accept it and learn from it, but um, very wise, both great answers. <laughs> Well, a um, couple of things before we adjourn. Um, really, really value the partnership. Very happy to have you guys on board and and promote the the incredible work you're doing. And thanks for the time sharing the work you're doing with the audience and look forward to staying in touch. Thank you for listening to People With Purpose. It was a pleasure to speak to Kim and Deb and learn more about Tenneco's award-winning approach to diversity and inclusion. Please join us next time and be well. Take care.